Welcome to everybody, and it's wonderful to be with you for this day. I am aware that if you booked some time ago, you might have expected two teachers, because I was looking forward to teaching with Antonia Sumbundo. We had organized to do this together. And then these things happen sometimes. She had double booked. And so since we were two and I could do this on my own, then she's doing something else today somewhere else. So maybe hopefully another time uh, we can invite again Antonia to teach at Gayahas. I was looking forward to it, but this will be for another time. So today is just me, but I am uh, very happy to be with you. So today, what I want to do is first I will going to talk about the subject of the day, and then we'll have some sitting meditation, then a little walking meditation, then again sitting meditation, then we will have uh, open discussion, and then possibly more discussion before lunch. We will see how it all works out. Somebody already was talking about strong emotion. So in a way, in the title, you have three different things. You have the creative engagement, you have the strong emotion, and you have the characteristics. And we'll see how much we can cover in a day. Because also, I think what is important is really to do, I can give some suggestion, but it's really to do the work for ourselves. This is in a way the one of the great joy of meditation, that in a way this is something we do by ourselves, of course, together with the group and together with the teacher. So I think one of the very important things to set forth is that for me, if I talk about strong emotion, I don't, I see strong emotion, actually, I see emotion as a creative functioning of the organism. That it be anger, that it be fear, that it be anxiety, that it be joy, that it be love, whatever it might be, these are all functions of the organism. But then you have this function of experiencing feeling, experiencing emotion, which also help within ourselves, help within relationship. But then some of the emotion can be intense. And then sometimes they can become very disturbing for ourselves, for others. So this is something we want to look at today. How can we creatively engage when we feel emotion and specifically strong emotion? And then there is another subject of the day is how can insight into what is called in Buddhism, the three characteristics help us with this creative engagement. So, I am very aware that today we have people who have done meditation before and might be familiar with meditative term or Buddhist term. I'm also aware that some are new to meditation or new to a retreat or new to Buddhism. 
So just this morning, because again, the three characteristics are change, sometimes called impermanence. The second one is dukkha, which is translated, I mean, it has three different meaning in terms of this section. It means unsatisfactoriness, it means unreliability, it also means pain. And this I want to look more at this afternoon. This morning, I want to look more at the first one, which is change, impermanence. And the third one, which is generally referred to as not self. So generally, it's people translated as no self. But what it actually means is not self. This is a very important distinction. It doesn't mean that there is nobody. It means that nothing exists independently of the condition that constitutes it. So you could say that the third one is about conditionality. But let's look at the first one first and see a little bit the connection of change with strong emotion, how to creatively engage. So if we look at change, there is two different aspects of change. And this is something we can experience in meditation. I think this is very important that whatever we talk today is something we can explore when we med meditate, but it's also something we can explore in our daily life. So it's not kind of some kind of uh, something too complicated and something too theoretical. So what does change mean? First one is that things come up and then they end. So this can be moment to moment, and we experience this often with sounds. Like if you walk in nature, you hear the bird, then it stops, the wind and the tree, then it stops. Myself here at the moment in France, it's raining a lot. So sometimes I hear the sound of rain, then it stops. So something comes up and then it stops. And then there is another type of change, which is change within itself. So you have something which is more continuous, so which lasts a little longer. But within that continuity, it also is changing. And I think this is what is kind of interesting in terms of change. So that's when things comes and go, when things continue a little more, but it change within itself. And then there is, in a way, ending. You could look at ending as ultimate ending. And so you could look at it in terms of death. And my teacher, uh, I studied in Korea for many years, long ago, and my Korean son teacher used to say, he would kind of give a talk and suddenly stops and say, look, your life rests upon a single breath. And then he would say, what are you going to do now with this life, which is so precious? And actually, this really changed 
my experience. Just that. My life rests upon a single breath. So in a way, this is kind of in a way making you really aware of this present moment. And to me, it actually then, but you see, you could see change. Change can have a kind of what I call a little superficial aspect. When things change and if you really change, who cares? You know, like kind of a, a, va a vase is broken, who cares? Especially if it's not mine and especially if it's not me who did it, who cares? This happened. And so it can be used in a little bit of an artificial way, which I think we have to be careful about. And personally, when I saw my father die, I saw his last breath. And actually, then I really understood what my teacher said, that really life rests upon a single breath. And when I saw that, and I really knew it in that moment, then compassion arose. And it really, from then on, changed my relationship, especially with my mother. So instead of meeting her, as all the history we had together, I met her in the moment, in this moment, this person, a life rests upon a single breath. I must say, it totally changed my relationship, and kind of more human to human. And so this is what is interesting with this kind of ultimate change. And to kind of sometimes we are kind of like caught in really strong emotion about ourselves, about others. And then it's kind of like we fix ourselves, we fix others. And then it's kind of they're always like this, they're always done that. And then to kind of realize, wait a minute, how is a person in this moment? Because in a way, are we meeting the person right where they are now? Are we, are we meeting ourselves right where we are now? Or are we meeting an image of somebody from the past, which we bring into the present? That I think is something kind of interesting to look at in terms of strong emotion, that actually you have had strong emotion in the past. I mean, they finished, like all things, they come and they will go. But then it's like suddenly you re-meet the person again, which is connected to the strong emotion, and pop, you bring them in. But you might be somewhere else, they might be somewhere else. And this is, in a way, the other aspect of change. That change is actually saying, making us experience that we are not fixed. So to me, this is what I call the gift of change. That I can change. The person can change. It doesn't mean that I will change fast. It doesn't mean I will change immediately or the person will change immediately, but there is a possibility at some point that it can change. This is, I think, is very important to really kind of know that. So again, you're not 
fixing yourself, you're not fixing the other. And then you have the possibility of the creative engagement. So, for example, with grief, like, for example, I, I, uh, my father died, then my elder brother died also. And each time I noticed the same thing. And I was a nun at the time doing lots of meditation. So the fact that you do meditation or the fact that you are a nun is not going to stop you in a way from feeling grief. So I felt grief in both cases. And in both cases, it was very similar. And in a way, I could observe change. So I could observe the grief as a very strong emotion in terms of sadness, in terms of crying. At the beginning, I would cry nearly every day at times. And then I would cry every day, but just a little less. Then I would cry once a week. Then I would cry once a month. And it would just come like this. It's not like me thinking anything, but suddenly it would come. And then I would cry. And then over the year, I would say generally for me, this kind of grief take a year, a year and a half. And then over the year, the year and a half, then in a way that grief of crying then slowly, slowly, slowly changed and then stopped. And then what was left is not nothing, but what was left is what I call the creative function of sadness, that you feel sad because you lost someone. And at the same time, in the sadness, you can have the joy that that person existed in your life. So anyway, the grief is a grief of the shock, the grief of the loss, and that can be quite intense in many different ways. And so we should very be very careful when somebody lost someone and after two months you say, kind of get over it. No, no, they're not going to get over it. It's a shock to the system. It's going, I think it's very important to see that strong emotion is not just emotion. It's sensation, it's thought. So it's in a way something that the whole organism is feeling. And I would say for good reason, a lot of the time. And then change will make it change because life happened, other things happen. And then it will become a feeling of sadness which comes and go and you have some time or not in terms of the person. Then in terms of change and looking at feeling before you could say it becomes a strong disturbing emotion. So in a way I can make kind of like a kind of a, a spectrum. You have a feeling and then it can become a very strong, overwhelming, disturbing emotion. And to me, what on the thing which is interesting in terms of daily life is you feel something. So one moment, you not feeling something special. And then something happened. You see something, you hear something, whatever, 
And then you feel different. And then the question in terms of the meditation practice is how long does this last? Because personally, I don't know everybody might not be the same, but personally I would say I feel it within myself. So I feel kind of like in the chest area, in the belly area. It's a little different, possibly it's a little unpleasant. And then generally I bring the question, how long will this last? So in a way, observing, is it going to change? And once I had this kind of like long ago, it's one of my kind of uh, story about this is kind of with my husband at night in the city, Kind of, you know, you don't know where things are, you get lost, you drive, and kind of it's a little complicated, you get a little stressed. And so my husband says something a little, and normally I would say something a little mm, unpleasant back, and then I think, no, 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 no. Okay, he said this, the situation is unpleasant, but how long is this unpleasant feeling going to last? So I just sat there observe and it lasted between two lights two red lights and then it was really gone and so in a way this showed me that there are actually three different levels you could say of feelings come emotion you have the light one so just like that and so you have a light unpleasant feeling and then if you don't do anything, generally it passes. Then you can notice what I call habitual. And that's where the third one, the third characteristics comes in. Because the third characteristics is basically saying things are not fixed. Things come upon condition. So in a way, not self is saying, I am this flow of inner conditions meeting outer conditions. And so some of the conditions are relatively constant, I mean, continuous. I mean, until I die, I think it's relatively unlikely that I will become a pink elephant. That I think is relatively unlikely. But they could be kind of, you know, different change. But at one level, people can recognize me because they look relatively the same up to a point. So you have this continuity, but within that continuity, I can be really tired or I can be really kind of joyful or all kinds of things can happen. And it depends a lot, not just on me, but what I am in contact with. And that's why I find interesting looking at what I call kind of, so you have feeling, but then you have feelings which are a little recurrent. So you might kind of feel kind of, so it starts to be a little more emotion and you can feel impatience, you can feel irritation, you can feel jealousy, you can feel anxiety, you can feel all kinds of things. But you don't feel them to the same degree all the time. 
Because as I said before, anger, I think, is a creative function to do something about something. Sadness is a creative function of losing something or meeting with suffering. It's, uh, anxiety, I think, is a, it's kind of fear, is a really a, a survival mechanism, etc., etc. So in a way, all these are functions, but then they can become habituated. And then certain things might make you angry, might make you anxious, might make you jealous, might make you happy, might make you etc., etc. And then the third characteristic comes in is to investigate. I don't feel angry all the time. I don't feel anxious all the time. I don't feel happy all the time or whatever it is. So what are the conditions? If suddenly you find yourself irritated or impatient or anxious or sad or whatever it might be, and it's different, like, you know, you are relatively okay, and then it's there. And then you can start to investigate, to explore. That generally you got a, a contact as a trigger. You got contributing factors, like not sleeping well, being ill, being stressed. I mean, there are many different contributing factors, and then certain conditions come together and then you are angry, impatient, or whatever it might be. And that is interesting to look at. But to know that it's always easier to look at it when it's light. That's what I find interesting. The second level habitual become a little kind of a little more sticky. And then you have the third level, which I call intense. And so maybe that's why the strong emotion. And it's certainly you feel something really intense. And this is because it's a shock to the system. So something surprising, something you did not expect, whatever it might be, something suddenly happens and it really impacts you. And I think it's very important to see that you... When the thing with intense is that when we feel intense, immediately we have the feeling this is going to last forever. This is one of the things we can notice. The way I notice it personally is very minor in terms of sensation. Like when I sit in meditation, sometimes I get a little itch in the, in the cheek. And when I feel this, I have the impression this is going to last forever. And then I go inside it. I notice how it's kind of changing, shifting within itself. And then suddenly it's so gone. But when I feel it, immediately I have the perception this is going to last a long time. And so in a way, when we are in an intense state, it's important to, if we can, to remember there was a shock to the system. It's intense and it is not going to go away fast. This is a thing we have to see. 
And so in a way, it might last a day, it might last a week, it might last a year. Of course, it's not going to last the same all the time. It will come and go. But because of the shock to the system, it's going to reverberate through the whole system. And I think then the meditation is a little different. It can help us in terms of noticing this is intense. How can I not make it more so? That's if we can. And then in terms of the meditation, just to create a little space. Not the meditation is not going to stop the intensity. But the meditation could help us with creating a little space of a few seconds back to the breath or loving kindness or whatever type of meditation works for us just to create a space. And then you go back into the intensity. And then again, you can maybe go for a walk, you can look at nature, and then again, create a little space. And then it will come back. But slowly, slowly, again, it will change over time. So in term, so that's what I wanted to say in terms of the subject, so to bring in the subject. And so in terms of creative engagement, the creative engagement is in a way bringing up, oh, I have this feeling. How long is this going to last? Or you're experiencing something, ah, I am impatient, I am angry, or whatever it is. What is going on? What are some factors which could make this happen? And I know for myself, one of the things that would make me a little kind of uh, impatient was when I was tired. When I used to be tired before I noticed it, I would become tired which in a way would enervate my nervous system and feeling enervated, I would look for somebody to be enervated with, which long ago uh, would choose my husband and he must have done something. And then he would say, I did not do anything. And then I would say, what's going on? Why am I feeling enervated? And then I, going backward, I started to realize, oh, when I'm feeling tired, I'm getting enervated and then I'm looking for a target. Then it could be better to go and rest. So I think it's very important for us in terms of the second one to really be aware of what I call the contributing factor of stress, of tiredness, of not sleeping well, of having too much to do whatever it might be. That I think is really important to notice I don't feel like this all the time. But some factors can make it happen more easily. 
And then when it's intense to really kind of just, okay, it's intense. So it's kind of like, how can I be with this? And you can be with this in different ways. I think when it's intense, I would not necessarily recommend sitting meditation, not necessarily. It might be better to do exercise. It might be better to go and walk in nature. It might be better to talk to somebody. I mean, there is many different things we can do. But if we feel it's okay for us to sit when it's intense, is noticing what's going on. What am I feeling in the body? How is it changing? The sensation, the feeling. But also, I think, how the mind contributes. How often, when there is intensity of emotion, there is what I would call rumination. We go on and on and on. And then we often go into the past, and then we go into the future. And so, in a way, Seeing the rumination, not judging it, it's really normal. That's what we do when this kind of thing happens. But is there a way that within that intensity, I could feel a little calm? So anyway, this is, I think, the creative engagement there. How can I feel the intensity? without being overwhelmed and how within that intensity I can feel either a little calm or I can somewhat dissolve the energy of the intensity maybe by going for a walk, for example, or writing down in a journal. I think different people have different creative ways to engage and during the discussion we can talk more about this. So this is what I wanted to suggest. And in terms of the meditation, so we're going to do at least two meditation and then a walking meditation. So just I will do a little guidance and maybe a little guidance with the breath and the body and then possibly a little guidance with the listening meditation, which is a very good one in terms of sounds. And then this afternoon, uh, we'll look more at dukkha, at pain, and then we'll look more at sensation. But this morning, maybe the breath and possibly listening. But when we do the meditation, what is very important that we have this caring and careful attitude, that we have a friendly attitude. And I think is also what is going to like, if we bring this attitude to the meditation, being caring and careful, then in a way this is going to help us also to bring a caring and careful attention to the emotion. Because I think sometimes either we totally get lost in the emotion or sometimes we totally kind of, I don't want to experience this. And here he's saying, can I be friendly with this experience I am having now? 
So in a way, when we do the meditation, we're going to have a focus, if that helps you. Generally, the breath, or we can choose a body, or we can all choose a friendliness, just bringing friendliness to the meditation, or we can do listening meditation, whatever works for us and our condition. Also, when we do the meditation, we can, of course, sit on the cushion or on the floor. We can also lie down if it's better for us. We can also stand if it's better for us. Whatever, again, suits you. And so the idea in the meditation is really at one level, having possibly the focus on the breath, also feeling how the breath change. In a way, the air comes in a little cooler, comes out a little warmer. So you can be aware of the sensation of the air going through the nose, or you can be aware of the breath at the abdomen. Again, whatever suits you, just being aware of the breath. But within being aware of the breath, as an experience, also knowing we share this air with everything that lives. And also that experience, in a way, our life, everyone's life, is resting on a single breath. So in a way, again, that experience of the potential for life in each breath. So that's what I wanted to say. Is it relatively clear? And then I thought we then could go into doing some meditation, sitting, walking, sitting, and then we can have a general discussion after some meditation. Okay? So first, I would suggest we stand and we stretch for just a minute, just to stretch a little bit. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.